friends, grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to worship with all of you this day. Friends, it is also a joy to welcome the Reverend Ann Henley Nicholson back to worshiping with us at MPC. Ann Hanley is the Director of Alumni Relations at Princeton Seminary, where she enjoys being a pastor to pastors and worshiping with communities like MPC. We are grateful that Ann Henley has agreed to lead us in worship this morning and preaching the word among us. So as we continue in this season of Lent, let us listen for the call of the Holy Spirit. Let us walk the road of Christ before us. Let us worship God together. Friends, please turn to your bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. In a word, our God created the day and the night, the sun, the moon, and the stars, and called them all good. In a sky of twinkling lights, God answered Abram's protests, revealing the great mystery that God's promise would be fulfilled. In the darkness of sleep, God speaks. In our dreams that reveal famine and future, that give insight into the future and remind us of God's presence, let us step into the darkness of God to hear our true names spoken. Let us worship God together. God calls us forth. From the night sky and from within our dreams, God calls us forth to do good things, to be a blessing, to receive the love and grace of our God. So let us approach our Creator with the confidence as we heed that call by confessing our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. We live each day in conflict, O God, adopting a defensive posture, committing ourselves to always being right, working to preserve our way in the face of any opposition, like Jacob, we lie, we trick, we deceive, and we betray in order to get what we want. We see the fruit of our labor, a world riddled with prejudice, drenched in war, with rhetoric of hatred filling our ears. Wrestle our spirits to the ground and humble us with your will that we might learn our true identity as those pursued by your love.
our God is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. God hears our cries and graces us with God's mercy. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God for this good news. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. young friends. I have a question for you this morning. What is your name? You see, names are important. I think it's always a good idea to call someone by their name. And if you don't know their name, you can ask their name. If you don't know how to pronounce their name, you can ask a person that as well. So I've asked you your name. What is my name? My name is Molly Joanna. I did some research this week, and it turns out that the name Joanna means God is gracious. See, sometimes we name, we name pets, we name toys, we name plants, we name people. We name them with either a name that we like or sometimes we name them with names that have particular meanings to us. And both are excellent ways to name something. So I brought with me this morning a picture, and I made it as big as I could, so I hope you can see it. It's a picture of me and my two sisters, Megan, Beth, and Emily Lynn. And this week, as I found out what my name meant, I wondered what my sister's names meant. So I looked up Megan Beth, and it turns out that Beth means given to God or pledged to God. And then for my sister Emily, I looked up what Lynn, because her name is Emily Lynn, what Lynn meant, and it means waterfall which is something I think of as calm and peaceful and cooling. And so if we all went by our middle names, I would be God is gracious, Megan would be given to God, and Emily Lynn would be waterfall or cool or calm or peaceful, things that we associate with the sound of water rushing over rocks. In the Bible story today that Pastor Ann Henley is going to read for us in a moment, there's a man named Jacob, and Jacob gets a new name. He gets the name Israel. And God gives Jacob this new name because it has meaning. You see, Jacob wrestled with God. 
not thumb wrestling, not arm wrestling. Jacob wrestled with God for an entire night. And so in the morning, God blessed him with a name that meant he who wrestles with God. And that name was Israel. Now you have a name. It might be Sarah or Molly or Joanna or Emily Lynn or Megan Beth or MJ or Ben or Jack or Henry. And you might have been named that simply because your parents liked that name. That's why, that's how I was named Molly. That's how I got my first name. You also might have a name that means something particular to your parents and you could ask them about it or ask a family member or a friend or look it up and see what your name means. We all have our given names, but we also, like Jacob, all have names that were given to us by God. And that name is child of God. You're a child of God. I'm a child of God. Pastor Anne Henley is a child of God. Mr. Tim is a child of God. Pastor Alex is a child of God. And so even though we all have different names, we all are also children of God. Just like God changed Jacob's name to Israel, God reminds us that we have a name as his children. So this week, when you hear your name, you might want to think about where it came from, but whenever you hear your name, I hope that you also remember that you have a name as a child of God. Let us pray together. Repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for blessing us as children of God. Help us to share this good news. Amen. Friends, I'm delighted to be with you this morning. Thank you for inviting me to worship with you, and thank you for continuing to lift Rachel, Matt, MJ, and Ben in your prayers. Today, we continue our Lenten journey by turning to Genesis, chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. Listen now for God's word. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the man said, so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, 
please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations on each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. While you and I are meeting each other for the first time this morning, our stories connect us. Those stories that began long ago somehow brought us together in this sanctuary today to worship God together, and what a gift that is. As our stories intersect today, I wish I knew more about you. I wish I knew what keeps you up at night what your hopes and your dreams are, what your biggest fear is. I wish I knew your names and the names of your family members and the family history of this community of faith. I wish I could see more of your faces staring back at me, beholding the truth that we are God's beloved. I also wish I knew your stories. The stories that you tell and have passed on from generation to generation. The stories that come up every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Whether you're telling stories about people long gone or still eating their turkey beside you. There's one thing that's for certain, though. That no matter where we've been or where God may lead us, our stories all share the same beginning. We all begin in darkness, and we all begin in Genesis. As people of faith, we proclaim that the God who creates us in Genesis claims us through the waters of our baptism and calls us to serve Christ's kingdom of love, hope, peace, justice, and reconciliation. To proclaim good news to the poor and the widows and the orphans, to sit at Christ's table with all the other outcasts, all the other people Christ has saved through God's grace. Yet it all begins with Genesis, and we begin in Genesis 2. We begin when the God who creates the heavens and the earth and the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea also creates us. There are stories upon stories of our ancestors that are told as we begin. Because how can we know who we are if we don't know whose we are and who our people are? Last week, we caught a glimpse of some of our people as we spent time with our ancestor, Abraham. Our brother, Tom Toole, took us on a journey from Mammoth Cave to the Pennsylvania Turnpike, 
reminding us that God doesn't eliminate the darkness, God illuminates it. That hope-filled proclamation is something Abraham's grandson, Jacob, may wrestle with. He may add some texture to that dark night that left him limping and blessed and changed. After all, God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all. That's what we'd like to believe, right? That God is light, and in God there is no darkness at all? We'd have substantial evidence to prove it. The psalmists write, The Lord is my light and salvation, and your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The author of Isaiah proclaims, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and on them light has shined. And then there's John's gospel and its promise that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. To top it off, Jesus proclaims, I am the light of the world. Whomever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Friends, we pray God will be a lamp unto our feet and a light on our path. And yet that's not always how God appears. God appears in dark dreams, dark visions, and dark nights like the one we're exploring today. Jacob is no stranger to darkness, especially from within. The younger twin, born to Isaac and Rebekah, he cheats his older brother of his birthright, disguising himself as Esau as he seeks his father's blessing. He also steals animals from his father-in-law's flock before fleeing for Canaan. Canaan. He even marries two of his cousins, Leah and Rachel, and while that may have been more common then, it certainly leads me to believe that was a strange and dark time indeed. Jacob also knows plenty about the light. The warm embrace he receives from Esau when he fears his wrath. The covenant his father-in-law makes with him as a witness to God's grace and the twelve sons his wives bear, who later become the twelve tribes of Israel, which all stem from the blessings Jacob receives, whether in disguise or wrestling with God in the dark. Light and darkness, darkness and light, joy and suffering, death and resurrection, heaven and earth, good and evil, it's all there. It's all Here, we needn't look beyond the dark storms in our own lives to see it. But we wrestle. We wrestle with the darkness. We wrestle with the dark nights of our own souls. We wrestle with the darkness when we seek an illuminating light. When we have questions that may not have conclusive answers, we wrestle with not knowing. Yet the good news is that God appears in those dark clouds and speaks. Jacob didn't know that initially, though. The Hebrew indicates he's wrestling with a man, yet Jacob's opponent is as cloudy as his vision. Some scholars believe Jacob is wrestling a river demon on the river Jabbok. 
Others wonder if he's wrestling with Esau in the night before encountering him in the light soon after our passage ends. Still, some consider Jacob is wrestling with himself and his own demons. Yet the Hebrew claims simply that a man and Jacob are together in the night before Jacob later declares it's God. Convinced he's wrestling with God in the dark, Jacob will not let go. Even after he's wounded, Jacob won't let go of God without receiving a blessing. Unlike the blessing he receives from his father, the blessing he receives from God is one that doesn't change his future. It changes his identity. Like Jacob, our blessings come in the darkness and change our identity. Yet the identity of our opponents is less important than how that wrestling affects us. Whether we're wrestling God, ourselves, or our enemies, what we wrestle in the shadows changes who we become in the light. Friends, every Lent, we as the church tell one of our favorite stories. We tell a story about a God who meets us in the darkness and rises above the clouds to proclaim that death is not the final answer. Love is. Yet we wrestle. We wrestle with the darkness. We wrestle with God, with our parents, with our children, with our colleagues, with our classmates, with our partners, and with our friends. We wrestle with not knowing, with not knowing how we'll get through the dark clouds in our lives, how we'll push through a rough spot in our marriage, or how we'll cope with death and dying, or how we'll manage our kids' schedules, or how we'll get through our next exam or paper, or how we'll find another job, or how we'll meet our partner, or how we'll find our purpose, or how we'll get through the week with the myriad of responsibilities and commitments before us, especially in challenging times like these. Yet that's not the whole story. There's good with the bad and light where there is darkness. They aren't so distinct. God is light and God appears in darkness. God appears in those dark clouds in the darkest storms of our lives and speaks. God calls us by name and reveals our true identities as God reminds us God is the creator, redeemer, and sustainer through every storm we face. So may we resist the temptation to silence the darkness because in that darkness, friends, God speaks. Amen. Please turn to your bulletin and join me, join with me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Together, let us state what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. 
he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Beloved Church, we have heard the word read and proclaimed this morning. So let us pause and notice the movement of the Spirit in our lives and our hearts. As the musical response is offered, let us reflect on the gifts of hope and grace offered to us by God in this season of Lent. Let us reflect on the gifts of hope and grace offered to us by God in the light and in the darkness.
Friends, let us pray. God of the day and of the night, of the sun and of the moon, of light and of darkness, it is to you that we bring forth our prayers of gratitude and petition this day. For you have placed before us the mystery of many thresholds, the metaphorical fording of a stream that all that we have, the myriad sounds of snow melting in our midst, the remembrance of past Lenten seasons where your still small voice invited us into the unknown or discomfort, the places where the slumbered part of our souls begin to blossom. It is to you, O glorious God, that we attribute all of our gifts and small miracles and pray that we may know your gentle hand guiding us across and into the realm of your transformation and unending love. Lord Christ, who agitated and debated, we ask that our striving against the land and life may be heard and heeded by you. We wish for adequate heat, water, and recovery for our friends in Texas and other places affected by strong winter storms. We seek the easing of pains and ailments in places like hips, joints, sockets, feet, brains, and other body parts. We plead that where we cannot help family members, friends, and loved ones, that you provide the support they need to overcome their obstacles and the trust we need to allow them to do it on their own. Spirit of the living God, make known to us the many ways your goodness and righteousness are prevailing in our midst. Wrestle from within us your call towards greater healing and wholeness. Bless us with the tools and talents we need for the journey, and name us as your peacemakers, your reconcilers, your disciplers of love in this world that amazingly intertwines with yours. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Live inside of us this day and every day. 